Welcome to Kevin Connors Podcast. This series is on the Tabernacle of Moses, which is the topic of one of the first books that Kevin Connor wrote about. Visit kevinconnor.org for more details. I'm so we just get so overwhelmed with the magnificence of your word, just how you put the divine puzzle together without any contradiction. And we pray, Lord, it'll just not be uh, head knowledge to our minds or to our heads, but we'll apply the word. There'll be the application of the blood of Jesus, cleansing by the blood, and application of uh, walking in the, in the word, Lord, and the cleansing of the word, applying it to our life day by day. Thank you, Father, and we pray you'll bless our, our final session tonight. Quicken us in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. All right, so now we're going to move... Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just always feel overwhelmed. There's so much here, and we're just touching on the high spot. So uh, we've been to the outer court, and uh, sin has been dealt with. And so brass in the pillars, brass in the gates, brazen altar, and brazen labor. And uh, we've been washing the blood of Jesus, cleansing of the blood, and washing of water by the word, sanctifying the church. Now we are qualified, and remember, nobody could enter the holy place let alone the most holy place, unless they had blood and water, blood and water. On our final session, we're going to bring all this together. And so we've been through there. Now we're going to go into uh, the holy place here, and we're going to go to the first article, the golden lampstand, uh, which is better than candlestick. We think of candlestick, think of candles, but it's a, a lampstand, a better translation. And if this wasn't here, this place would be in total darkness. There would be no light on the table of showbread, there'd be no light on the altar of incense, this place would be in darkness. The only, only light in this place is the golden lampstand, so we're going to look at that uh, now. So I'd like you to turn to uh, our fourfold approach here, and the title of our session here is The Golden Lampstand and Walking in the Light. So I want you to turn over to uh, the first main scripture here, Exodus chapter t- uh, 25, Exodus 25. Exodus 25, and we're going to read verses 31 through to 40. Exodus 25, verses 31 to 40. And I know there's certain things I keep repeating, but we've got to keep this always in mind, that nothing was left to the mind or the imagination of Moses. Everything was given, all the intricate details were given to Moses by God. Uh, God didn't say to Moses, you just do the best you can, that'll be right, you know, no. All the details were given by God to Moses. Nothing was left. And he was faithful in all those little things. All right. Exodus 25 and verse 31. You shall, and I'm reading New King James here. You shall also make a lampstand of pure gold. Now, listen to the language here. And we try to interpret in a little while. The lampstand shall be of hammered work or beaten, beaten work, old authorized. It's shaft. Its branches, its bowls, its ornamental knobs, and flowers shall be of one piece. And six branches shall come out of his sides, uh, three branches of the lampstand out of one side, and three branches of the lampstand out of the other side. Three bowls shall be made like almond, uh, almond blossoms on one branch with an ornamental knob and a flower, and three bowls made like almond blossoms on the other branch with an ornamental knob and a flower, and so for the six branches that come out of the lampstand. On the lampstand itself shall four bowls 
uh, on the lampstand itself, four bowls shall be made like almond blossoms, each with its ornamental knob and flower. And there shall be a knob under the first two branches of the same, and a knob under the second two branches of the same. God, you're just repeating yourself. I know, no, no, I want you, I want you to do what I want, Moses, okay? And a knob under the third bra- two branches of the same. So nothing's left to him, you know. This is all the details. According to the six branches that extend from the lampstand, their knobs and their branches shall be of one piece. All of it shall be one hammered piece or beaten work of pure gold. You shall make seven lamps for it, and they shall arrange its lamps so that they give light in front of it. And its wick trimmers and their trays shall be of pure gold. It shall be made of a talent of pure gold with all these utensils, and see to it that you make them according to the pattern which was shown you on the mountain. Very clear. Now, like, I'm sure you're like me, but as I read that years ago, I think, you know, wh- why, why all these details? I mean, you know, what's it all about, God? Why, why didn't you just say, look, do the best you can, that'll be right. No, God had something in mind. And as you read the word, even if you don't understand, you've just got to realize God had something in mind. So I want to suggest to you some of the things that God had in mind. All right, now... As we go through this, um, uh, uh, we've just read the scripture on the Revelation, so given by Revelation. I'm not going to read the scripture on construction. You can read that uh, in your own time. I want to go to interpretation in a moment, but let me show you that this article of furniture, the golden lampstand, is one of the most amazing articles of furniture in the tabernacle, and I want to give you an idea of how important it was to God. And we really don't know what it is or what it represents finally until we come to the book of Revelation. So let's just uh, glance at this. This is not on your notes, but just give you an idea. In the tabernacle of Moses, there was one golden lampstand, one. In the temple of Solomon, there were ten golden lampstands. Now, in the tabernacle of Moses, there's only one uh, laver, but in the temple of Solomon, there's ten. Because, you see, the tabernacle of Moses primarily speaks of Christ. There's only one Christ. There's only one mediator between God and man. The temple speaks of the church. In fact, the church is never spoken of as the tabernacle. The church is spoken of as the temple of God. So there's always significance there. So 10. Then when you go to the book of Daniel, after the Babylonian captivity, remember the night of Belshazzar? He gets uh, drunk, tipsy, a thousand of his lords are all getting drunk and tipsy. So in this drunken, tipsy state, he says, go and get the, uh, the golden lampstand from uh, what, what my father Nebuchadnezzar captured when he destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. And so he gets the, the vessels of God there, and all of a sudden, in the midst of all this drunken revelry, all of a sudden, a man's hand comes out from the wall and begins to write in an unknown tongue. And the Bible says that uh, Belshazzar, he got knock-kneed, his knees began to knock together, hallelujah. He called in all the wise men of Babylon. None of them could interpret it. And it was over against the golden lampstand. And eventually they brought in Daniel by the word of the Queen Mother, and he gave the interpretation. And if you like to put it this way, over against the golden lampstand, which is the picture we're going to see of the church, there was the message of tongues and interpretation, and that brought about the fall of Babylon. That night, Belshazzar was slain. 
So just in connection, just with an article of furniture. And then you go to Zechariah, and he adds something else, which is very beautiful. He adds one golden lampstand, but uh, he has two olive trees. Um, I just want to give you the overall picture at the moment here. I think I've got a nice pretty diagram. Somebody did for me. So in Zechariah, so Tabernacle of Moses, one golden lampstand, Temple of Solomon, ten golden lampstands, uh, Daniel in Babylon, one golden lampstand in connection with the fall of Babylon and tongues in interpretation, and then Zechariah, and this is the picture that, that Zechariah is given, and he, he asks questions, what is this? What's the golden lampstand? What's the golden bowl? What are the two olive trees? Wow, I mean, loaded with it. We'll come to that later on. And then when we get to the book of Revelation, John answers all this and he sees Christ in the midst of seven golden lampstands. So I only did that just to show you the importance of this article of furniture and we'll see the New Testament significance in a little while. Everybody okay? Thank you for that underwhelming response. Okay, now let's go to uh, letter C here and the, uh, you know, interpretation. And uh, we'll just put this up here. You've got most of this on your notes. All right, so now from the scriptures I've given you, the one we've read and the others I've put on the notes. All right, number one, it's material. All right, now in contrast to everything in the outer court, uh, which was brass, everything in here now is gold. And the golden lampstand is made of pure gold. Now, you know, just think of them coming out of Egypt. And uh, being in the wilderness, uh, just the wonder of this golden lampstand. In fact, when uh, AD 70, when uh, Jerusalem was destroyed, uh, they, they took the golden lampstand, the candelabra, and put it on the wall of Titus. Uh, you'll probably have seen uh, pictures of that. So made of pure gold. Now you think of the whole thing, the process of making pure gold. Uh, years ago when I was in Bendigo pastoring a small church there, uh, I had to supplement my uh, salary of three pound a week. Uh, yes, and I uh, worked with a brother who was involved in uh, gold mine work and so I remember one time uh, we went out and picked up uh, this gold mine and closed down and we picked up all this uh, like timber uh, it, and, and burned it and it just reduced it to a heap of ashes and I said, well, you know, what? and he put it all into bags and I'll help and I'll say, well, you know, just black junk. He said, no, there's gold in there. And so what he did, took me to the um, assayers, uh, whatever you call them, forget all the terms, uh, and, and, and what he did, he took a sample of that after we burnt everything to ashes. He took a sample of the ashes and he put it in a bone cubicle and uh, put the cubicle in the furnace and uh, he said, what, along with mercury, and he said, what, what will happen? The mercury will absol uh, absorb the impurities out of all this rubbish that's here, and it will leave a little bead of gold. So I said, how will you know when the gold is absolutely pure gold? He said, you watch. So I watched and watched, and as the mercury was absorbing into the bone-like cubicle, uh, yeah, that's right, that's the word, uh, all the impurities, all of a sudden, as the last, uh, you know, infinitesimal dirt was there, was, was uh, absorbed out of it, the gold actually went flash, like light. 
He said, now I've got to pull it out. And I thought, wow, you think of the making this of pure gold. And you know the Lord has to do that to us? Because you see, ultimately as we're going to see, the candlestick, the lampstand, is a picture of the church. So God's trying to build a church out of pure gold. So if he puts you in the fire and he hears you, oh boy, it's hot in here. Oh God, get me out of this. God says to the angel, turn up the heat. A bit more. Oh, it's getting worse. Since I've become a Christian, everything's gone wrong. Turn it up a bit more, a bit hotter. And then after I say, oh, I might as well put up with it. And you say, hallelujah, hallelujah. Turn the heat down. The, absorb, the, the impurities are being absorbed out. And then when it's all finished, you just flash with light. So you think of building this pure gold. And uh, the next thing, it was made of beaten work. Now you think somebody, whoever built this according to the, 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 the blueprint, you know, were beating the gold, beating it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Does, has anybody ever experienced God beating on you apart from me? And you know, I mean, when I used to belt my son Mark, I used to tell him, this hurts me more than it hurts you. He never did believe me. And I used to tell him, you know, when I took off my belt and swished him, I said, it's not the swish that hurts, it's the sudden stop, you know. <laughs> but he did it to his kids. And he didn't get it off me, he got it off his mother. So, you know, <laughs> the, these are the things you go through. So, you know, the fire to get pure gold and beaten work. And if God beats on you, cheer up, it's going to get worse before it gets better. <laughs> because God has a pattern in mind. He has a blueprint in mind. Then number two, it's ornamentation. Uh, all the ornamentation there, uh, using the language of the scripture, the, 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 uh, the knob and the flower and the, and the almond blossom. There was this trinity. I mean, there's so much here we could say. But let's go to uh, our little diagram here. So number one, it was made according to the pattern. See that you make everything according to the pattern showed you in the mount. God has a blueprint. He had something in mind. Then number two... It was made by the wisdom of God. Made by the wisdom of God. And God endowed certain people and gave them wisdom. And God's put in the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds and teachers and given them wisdom to help build the church. So uh, the wisdom of God. Then we're told that those who had the wisdom of God, the Spirit of God came upon them. Spirit of God came upon Bezalel and different ministries there uh, in order to build everything according to the pattern. Now, number four, and we just have to move through this quickly. I'm sorry about this. Uh, I did encourage you to get the textbook. Significance of numbers. Now, impressed upon this article of furniture, this golden lamp stack, uh, stand with these numbers. First of all, it was made of one piece of gold. One is the number of unity. One church, one body. Many members, but one body. One church. Many congregations, but one church. So, number one. So, one is the number of unity. The next number we have is the number three. And uh, I'll see if I can get over here. Under each of the branches, as we read that scripture carefully, you'll find there there was an uh, ornamental knob and an ornamental knob and an ornamental knob. Three knobs that were supporting the branches. And we like to liken that, the number three, revelation of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three is always the number of God. I want you to think, you know, when Jesus sort of takes the thought of this up, I am the vine, 
and you are the branches. We put it this way. I am the shaft and you are the branches. And so the branches out of his side, you know, the language is significant. Branches out of his side. So number three, the number of God. And then there was the number seven. And uh, there's so much in this one. The seven lamps. Seven lamps of fire. And when John is in the book of Revelation, he's caught up in the spirit and he's, he sees the throne of God and he said, there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, like the seven lamps on the golden lampstand. And he interprets what the lamps are. The seven lamps are the seven spirits of God. So Isaiah chapter 4, Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. I mean, there's so many verses there. So number seven, it's the number of perfection. And it's the number of the seven spirits of God. Perfection of the Holy Spirit's operations. That's what I'm saying. Number seven, number of perfection, the Holy Spirit's operations. Um, uh, let me ask you a question here. How many believe that Jesus had all the gifts of the Spirit? Hands up. How many don't believe Jesus had all the gifts of the Spirit? Hands up. How many are not going to let me catch your hands up? Okay, no, Jesus didn't have all the gifts of the Spirit. Let me explain that. We'll go to the next one, and then I'll explain. Okay, the next number we have is the number nine. And in the, in the nine, this is what you find, as we read that carefully, you'll have an no, ornamental knob, and then the arm, and then the, uh, the, the what is it, the, uh, yes, I, I, want, I want the knob, the bud, and the flower. What's it say there? Uh, where have we got here? Yeah, a knob and a flower and then the almond. That's what, that's what I want. So in each of the branches, I'll, I'll slow down on this, you have one, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. And in all the branches, the same ornamentation is there. And in each of the branches, you have the number nine. The number nine. Number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine. Now, in the seven lamps, it's the number seven. But in the branches, it's the number nine. Now, let me explain this. And, you know, I'm throwing the book at you, but it is the advanced class, right? Okay. Jesus did not have nine gifts of the Spirit. The nine gifts of the Spirit are in the church, in the branches. And the nine gifts of the Spirit go like this. To one is given by the Spirit a word of wisdom. To another is given by the Spirit a word of knowledge. And to another is given by the Spirit prophecy, a word of prophecy. So you'll find the number nine is in the church. Nine gifts of the Spirit, nine fruit of the Spirit, nine months for the fruit of the womb, nine beatitudes. It's all there. It's all in the church. But in Jesus, he didn't have a word of wisdom or word of knowledge. Isaiah says, the Spirit of wisdom and the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Because in John chapter 3, verse 34, you might like to put it down, John 3, 34, he received the spirit without measure. He received the fullness of the spirit. None of us received the fullness of the spirit as Jesus did. So the number seven is in him, the number nine is in the church. That's why we only get fragments. None of us have it all. We need one another. We need uh, the members of the body of Christ. Everybody said amen. All right, so much more could be said on that. So number nine. Now, look at this. This is, you think this was inspired. In the branches is the number nine. 
But in the shaft, there was four groups of three, twelve. And what did Jesus do when he began his ministry? He chose twelve apostles. Because twelve is the number of government. Apostolic government. Apostolic foundation. Apostolic ministry. So like I said, I could say, I am the shaft, and in the shaft were the twelve, the twelve apostles, and you, the church, you're the branches. So the number twelve is there. So apostolic government. Now, this, this could be inspired, but what do you do with this? See how good you are? Three branches, three nines are what? 27. And three branches, are 27 here, plus 12 make what? Uh, 39, yeah. How many books do we have in the Old Testament? And how many books do we have in the New Testament? And in this ornamentation is the number 66. And just in our Bible, we have 66 books of the Bible. Just accidental? Just given to Moses to amuse him? Just to give him something to do in the wilderness? Or did God have something in mind? That's it. It's not unbelievable. It's believable. <laughs> I want you to believe it. <laughs> incredible. No, not incredible. <laughs> anyway... Whatever it is, God had something in mind. That's what I'm saying. That's why I want to get across. It's not just there to fill up the book and amuse Moses and amuse the children of Israel in the wilderness. The number 66 is impressed in the lampstand. Okay, uh, where are we up to on your notes? All right, number four. Oh, well, it's lamps. I want you to go over uh, to... Uh, 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 let's go to, go to the book of Revelation. Revelation... Is this on your notes? I've only got my scribble notes, the ones I write in tongues. <laughs> Revelation chapter 1, verse 4. You know, if you want, want, want a uh, you know, good uh, Bible interpretation, buy a Bible. Just read the Bible. The Bible is its best interpreter. Uh, okay, Revelation chapter 1, verse 4. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, Grace to you and peace from him who was, who is, and who was, and who is to come. So who is, present tense, who was, past tense, who is to come, future tense, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. So I want you to keep that in mind. Seven spirits before the throne. All right, chapter 3 and verse 1. This is on your notes, I think. Chapter 3, verse 1. What's that? Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, sorry, correction. Typewriter made a mistake. Chapter 3 and verse 1. Revelation chapter 3, verse 1. It should be. Or you should have that there. Okay. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things says he who has the, se who, th these things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. So in chapter 1, verse 4, the seven star spirits are before the throne. Speaking of the, not seven Holy Spirits, but the perfection of the Holy Spirit's ministry. And now, it's the Lord Jesus Christ who has the seven spirits of God. Seven lamps. Then go to chapter 4. Chapter 4. And we have interpretation of it now. Chapter 4 and verse 5 and 6. 
And out of the throne proceed lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire. Think of the seven lamps of fire burning on the lampstand. Seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Come out. All right, so the lamps, perfection of light, the seven spirits of God. Not that the seven Holy Spirits, but the the fullness, the perfection of the Holy Spirit's operations, first of all, in Christ. All right, it's position. Uh, That's in Exodus chapter 40. I think it was over on the north side. I haven't got time to turn to that. Uh, But it's placed in the holy place opposite the table of showbread. And we might just say this again, that uh, it's the only light in the the holy place. Everything was in darkness. There's, There's no light on the table of showbread or the golden uh, altar of incense. Everything is in darkness without the uh, golden lampstand. All right? Um, So it's position, it's purpose, very briefly because I want to get to our our heart of it in a moment. It's purpose. The purpose is to give light. Go to Leviticus chapter 24. Leviticus 24. The purpose is to give light. It's not there as an ornament. It's there to give light. Uh, Leviticus chapter 24 and uh, verses 1 to 4. Leviticus 24, 1 to 4. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they bring to you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to make the lamps burn continually. Outside the veil of the testimony, in the tabernacle of meeting, Aaron shall be in charge of it from evening until morning before the Lord continue, and it shall be a statue uh, forever in your generation. He shall be in charge of the lamps on the pure gold lampstand before the Lord continue. So the purpose of it is to give light. And then number seven, I'll just say this now, and this will come to more significance uh, later on. As, as Aaron ministered in the, in the uh, holy place, so as he ministers here in the, in the holy place, morning and evening, he is to trim the lamps, take away the ashes of the burnt out areas, and supply oil so that the lamps will burn continually before the Lord. Aaron, the high priest, keep that in mind. So the blood and the water and the oil, light, light. Now, once you go over to the application, and in this uh, part, I want to uh, use it in a threefold manner. First of all, in relation to the Lord Jesus Christ, and then secondly, in relation to the Christian, and then number three, in relation to the church. All right, so I put, uh, put three words down for you there. Uh, letter A, in relation to Christ. All, all the furniture, first of all, find his fulfillment in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the sacrifice, he's the altar, his body and blood is our sacrifice. He is the labor, washes us with the washing of the word. Uh, he's the golden lampstand. So letter A, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So that's all you need to put down on there. That's very clear the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but he'll have the light of life. So Jesus is the light of the world. Uh, I want you to turn over to uh, John's gospel for one scripture here. 
Because later on, Jesus says, when he's about to go back to the Father, he says, you are the light of the world. John's Gospel. So when Jesus went away, he went away as the light of the world. He left the church. And he says, you are the light of the world. And you know, if, if Jesus did come tonight, and I don't believe he will, if the church was taken out of this world, how many know it's dark enough now? It would be gross darkness if the church, the true church I'm talking about, was taken out. We are the light of the world. Now, how can we be light? Because you say, well, Christians are light, we walk in light. How can you be light? Pick up this word here. It's in relation to Jesus, but also we can apply it to us. Um, Verse 6, we'll pick up. John chapter 1, verse 6. Oh, no, let's see. No, we won't. We'll go back to verse 4. Yeah, verse 4, I'm watching my time. It says, in him, as referring to the Lord Jesus Christ, the word, in him was, what's the word there? Life. And the life was the light of men. So if we are to be light, how can we be light? Our life should be the light. Can they tell by your life that you are a Christian? Because our life should be the light. Say, I'm the light of the world. Well, you know, light, very abstract. No, your life. And his life was the light of men. And because he's in us, our life should be light. Can we say amen? All right, so letter A, letter B, have I got the word anointed there? All right, so he is the anointed. Now, significant thing about this, that the lampstand, once it was set up, before it was lit, it was anointed. So Jesus is the anointed one. Before he began his ministry, public ministry, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And so first thing he goes in the synagogue, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. In other words, he made him the Christ, the Messiah. So the anointed one. And then let us see the word oil. I think I've dealt enough with that. Put down John chapter 3 verse 34. Gave that to you before. John 3 verse 34. The fullness of the Holy Spirit was in him. He received the oil of the Holy Spirit without measure. So for 30 years he was known as Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. But once the Holy Spirit came upon him, he was from then on called Jesus Christ. Jesus anointed. All right, so in in application to Christ, he's the light of the world, he's the anointed one, and he received the oil, the fullness of the holy oil. All right, number two, let's go to just some scriptures here, and I'm going to uh, quote them. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16, Jesus now turns around and says, you are the light of the world. So just a brief quote of Scripture, I encourage you to put down, you are the light of the world. He's the light of the world, you are the light of the world. 2 Corinthians and chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let me uh, just quote that one, 2 Corinthians and chapter 4. And then Paul says in verse 6, in whom the the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So the light of the glorious gospel of Christ shine unto them. So the light 
of the glorious gospel. That's the part I want you to note. And then I'd like you to turn to this one, uh, Ephesians chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter five, Ephesians chapter five, and the key word. So if you got your Bible, Ephesians chapter five, the key word in this section is the word light. So this, this is what I want you to pick up. So we are the lampstand, we are the light. Jesus has gone back to heaven. He was the light of the world here, but he's left the church now. So verse 8, you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Here's the part, walk as children of light. So I pray that my life may be the light of men, that as people see my life, my life will be their light. So walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. How do you do so at work? When they used to tell me when I worked at a regular job and they used to come to tell me dirty jokes and they say, hey, my ear is not your trash can to put all your filth down. End of joke. Huh? My boss, who was a Russian Jew, he got saved in self-defense. I witnessed to him so much. <laughs> so they just didn't tell me the dirty joke. Oh, the preacher's here. Don't swear in front of him. Don't tell your dirty, dirty jokes in front of him. Yeah. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Have you ever gone up to anybody at work when they've taken the name of the Lord in vain? You do it this way. When they take the Lord's name in vain, I say, excuse me, what did you say? Oh, what did I say? I said, you took God's name in vain. And you're guilty. You don't go up and give them a little tract and say, now, excuse me, I just want to share with you. <laughs> Reprove them. Yeah, thank you, Kevin, that's a good point. Uh, verse 13, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever does make manifest is light. Wherefore, he says, awake thou that sleepest and rise from the dead. Christ shall give thee light. The whole section on light. We are children of light. Uh, just work, uh, look at this one other verse here. Then we'll go to our uh, final section. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 15. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 15 is a, another wonderful verse. Philippians 2 verse 15. And Paul says, That you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, here it is, among whom you shine as lights in the world. So when you go to work this week or uni, wherever you are, you're shining as lights in the world. Your life is the light. Holding fast the word of life and so forth. So shining as lights. And then 1 John chapter 1, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship. So that's the whole purpose of the lampstand, not ornamentation only, but to give light. Now, I want you to go over to uh, sort of the punchline on, on this whole thing here, and it, it's the consummation. Uh, let's go over to Revelation. We'll go to Revelation chapter, chapter um, uh, 11, first of all, and then we'll try and bring this together. Is everybody getting their money's worth? Anybody asking for a refund? Okay. All right, now, 
Revelation, as I told you last week, it's impossible to understand the book of Revelation without having this background. So we've got one lampstand in Tabernacle of Moses, ten lampstands in the Temple of Solomon, the lampstand in Babylon, uh, and the fall of Babylon, and then the lampstand, the golden bowl, and the, and the two olive trees. Listen how the Bible interprets it first, and we wouldn't understand it without this. Revelation chapter 11, and uh, verse uh, 3. And I will give power to my two witnesses... And they will prophesy 1260 days, which is three and a half years, not seven years, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees. Oh, okay. Now I'm getting it. I didn't understand what you were talking about, Zachariah, and you didn't have a clue yourself. But these two witnesses are the two olive trees. And... The two lampstands. Let me say this and hit it and run away. You see, once the church is taken out, not up, God never leaves himself without a witness. He will have two witnesses in the city of Jerusalem. And you think of what's going on in the Middle East. I mean, we could spend a whole couple of hours on that. And it's going to get worse because God's got something in mind. Okay, so, yeah. Standing before the God of the whole earth, and just to help you a little bit, and if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut up heaven, that no rain fall in the days of their prophecy. Who is the only person in the Bible that closed up heaven? And how long did he do it for? Three and a half years. Same period of time here. Oh, and look at this one. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood. Whoever did that? And strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. Who did that? And why is it that in Revelation chapter 15, go to it quickly while I'm indulging. Uh, Yeah, verse 2. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass. This is the laver. Mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass. This article of furniture is reserved for them, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God and the song of the Lamb. Verse 5, and after that I looked and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. Wow, how can you understand that without that? All right, so two olive trees, two witnesses. And let me say this, I haven't got time to uh, milk this. The golden bowl is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the golden bowl is the source of supply of oil to the two and from the olive trees and to the lampstand. And he's the, full, the fullness is in him. He's deity, the golden bowl. Wow. Now, let's go back to Revelation chapter 1 as we come in for a landing. Now, Revelation chapter 1, and this is the only verse in the total Bible where the golden lampstand is really interpreted for us, and not by Kevin Connor, but by the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 20, the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. Here it is. The seven stars are the messengers of the seven churches 
Everybody say the rest with me. And the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. So this is the clearest, the lampstand. In the Old Testament, it was a picture of Israel, which was God's church in the wilderness, Acts chapter 7, 38. In the New Testament, the lampstand is first a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, but now it's a picture of the church. Now, as we come in for a landing here, let's see if I can sort of bring this all together. The tremendous picture that we have here. Everybody still breathing? Now, I want to sort of bring the whole picture to an end. We're coming to the final here. In, Acts, uh, in Revelation chapter 1, we have a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ who is now clothed in his garments of glory and beauty. In John chapter 13, we saw him rise from supper, lay aside his garments, become incarnate, take upon himself the form of a servant and wash the disciples' feet, washing of water by the word. Then after he finishes that, he rises and he takes his garments again and sits down. Literal, physical, symbolic thing. So he's gone back to the Father and now when John gets the vision, he sees a tenfold glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. His face, his hands, his feet, his garments, his mouth, his sword, it's all there. And so he's seeing Revelation chapter 1, the Lord Jesus Christ clothed in the garments of glory and beauty because Jesus had prayed, Father, glorify me with the glory that I had with you before the world began. Because he laid aside that when he became the God-man. And so the Father answers his prayer. And so Jesus, there's not just a message, he's at the Father's right hand glorified tonight. Then John, now, John has dealt, listen carefully here, John has dealt with the outer court because the outer court centered around blood and water, blood and water. He did that in his gospel. But now in Revelation chapter 1, 2, and 3, chapter 1 is the high priest, but chapter 2 and 3, John is introduced into the holy place scene. And instead of seeing one golden lampstand that Moses had, or ten golden lampstands that uh, Solomon had, or one that uh, Zechariah had and Daniel had, he sees seven. And there's no mistake, here Jesus is standing in the midst of the seven churches. And what's he there for? And this is the challenge I want to leave with you, leave with, my, with myself. Just as Aaron, the high priest, hundreds of years ago, morning and evening, he stood before the lampstand and he cut away the ashes and the burnt out areas because the church is not meant to smoke. <laughs> it's supposed to give light. And what is light? Light is the manifestation of burning oil. No oil, no light. No spirit, no light. And so here Jesus is fulfilling the role of Aaron, not after the order of Aaron, but after the order of Melchizedek as our great high priest. And he's standing before the local church of Ephesus and the church of Smyrna and the church and City Life Church. Yeah. Amen. What would he really say to us? What sort of a letter would he write to us? That's my challenge. 
I've got something against you, you've left your first love. He has a different message for each church. You're neither hot nor cold, you're neither one thing or the other, you're Laodicea. Wow. And he's trimming the lamps. Remember the wise and foolish virgins? The difference between the wise and the foolish virgins was one thing. The wise had an extra vessel of oil. How many of you know the price of oil has gone up? <laughs> Naturally, spiritually. And so as he's trimming the lamps, as our great high priest, he wants to supply the oil. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So much more could be said, but how many feet you've got fed tonight? And how many love this article of furniture? That's us. Let's all stand. How many are finding that the more you know, the less you know? And I still feel that way. The more I know, the less I know. Yeah. We just scratched the surface of it. But I hope it's whetting your appetite as you read the word. You're going to read it in a new light as uh, somebody testified. All right, let's lift our hands. Oh, Jesus. You're the high priest, Lord. You stand in the midst of the seven churches, in the midst of the local churches here in the city of Melbourne. And we're just a golden lampstand, City Light Church. What would you say to us, Lord? Oh, Lord, individually, I do, myself, Lord. We just pray you'll take away the ashes, the burnt-out areas of past experiences, Lord, and supply the oil of the Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, that we'll have a tongue of fire, just as you lit the lamps on the day of Pentecost. You lit the church, 120 disciples, the Holy Spirit came as tongues of fire and sat on their heads and lighted the church. Oh God, help us not to smoke, but to give light. Help us to help City Life to be the type of church you want us to be, Lord. Not an ornament, Lord, but a light bearer in the midst of a dark world. And Father, as we go out individually to our jobs and to our, our university, school, neighborhood, wherever we are, may our life be the light of men. Thank you for our time together. Just take it from our head into our heart. We give you all the praise in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. amen. God bless you real good. And have a great week. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Visit kevinconnor.org for more information. God bless.